This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Heineman. I'm here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. <laughs> we have a new friend on the podcast today, yes. and I know you have gotten to work with Irene a little bit, but yes. this is a new thing for me. So welcome to the podcast, Irene. It's Irene's son. Yes. Yeah. Welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and your ministry. Yeah, sure. I... I am currently a mom mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. We are about to start school in September, so I am preparing my homeschool. I have four boys. Wow. Uh, they are the ages of, okay, let's see whether I can get it right. <laughs> 15, 13, 10, and 5. Wow. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so things are... Um, you know, fast and busy around these parts. I am a pastor's wife and we belong to Pittsburgh Chinese Church. So we love our church community very much. So I'm assuming that Mandarin is your first language, right? Yes. So Mandarin is my first language. I am originally from Malaysia. Um, and in Malaysia, there are different ethnic groups. A lot of us speak Malay, some of us speak Hindi, and some of us speak Tamil, and then there are all these different dialects that Chinese people speak, but Mandarin was my first language. So how many languages do you speak currently? Because I know you also know a lot of Hebrew as well. (laughs) So growing up, I spoke three languages because, and that's very normal for a Malaysian Uh because at home we speak Chinese. And then um, at church, we spoke English. But at school, we were required to take all our exams in Malay and communicate with the teachers in Malay. So I technically speak three languages, but I don't feel like I know them hardly at all, except for English nowadays. Okay. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, we have a new Bible study that has come out, and it's called Grateful. Mm -hmm. And you got to be a big part of this particular Bible study. Um, So would you tell us just a little bit about the study? Yeah. So I am so grateful (laughs) for this project. Because, you know, gratitude is one of those things in life that we take for granted, I think. But really, it should permeate all of the parts of our lives. Because if you think about it, Adam and Eve, even before they reach for the forbidden fruit, before Eve even had that conversation with the serpent, the thing that they did wrong was that they were ungrateful for all that God has given to them. The, the millions of fruit trees that surrounded them, the fellowship that they had, the intimacy they had with one another, all of those were taken for granted and they were not grateful. And if they had been grateful, Eve wouldn't be curious to talk to the serpent, mm-hmm. right? And so that's one of the things that um, I tried to instill 
in in my daily life, which is um, to learn to be grateful. And so when Tina approached me with this project, I thought, well, you know, it is something that we don't think enough about. And I would like to learn more about what the Bible teach me about being grateful and being very systematic or just try to pursue a deeper understanding of what it means to have gratitude in our daily walk with the Lord. So now, if people are not familiar with our Lifeway Women mm-hmm. Bible studies, they are written, they're a compilation, and yeah. we use women that either work at Lifeway or are associated mm-hmm. with Lifeway, you know, other authors. And so you wrote kind of the intro. Is that right for each week, or did you write for each week? You wrote for every week, and I don't know if it's the intro or okay. if it's the... I think it may be the intro each week, or maybe it's the summary. I don't know. But you, you wrote every week on yeah. a psalm, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had other teachers contribute throughout um, other Bible study writers. And so some of our team contributed. And then, like you said, we have some other women contribute. And it's so fun always to see it come together. And I think one of the things that women love about those studies is they find these writers and these authors that they resonate with mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, I really like um, Irene. I love what she said about the Psalms. I'm going to see if she's written other things or like what else she's done because I really like can learn from her very well. And so it's mm-hmm. it's a great thing, I think, to do with groups of women because there's always like, you know, some people who just resonate with the stories of some of some writers more than other writers. Mm-hmm. And so it's a great thing to do with like a, a big group, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's one of those studies too. That's really a nice way you can pick up and you can do each day and you can do it with a small group yeah. in a home or in a coffee shop or mm-hmm. wherever you want to meet. So, so that's good too. Yeah. And so you wrote, you use, I would love to hear more about the Psalms that you used, maybe even, but you even taught on this for Life Women Academy, Elizabeth's baby. <laughs> um, so I think it's a good question for us to talk about why Christians should be reading Psalms and why it's important for our for our, our spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love Elizabeth's baby. I think the baby's <laughs> very cute. <laughs> and um, Elizabeth definitely labored hard she labored a long long labor <laughs> in order to give birth but the to thing this is baby. you, you keep I, having babies yeah so it's like a, there's multiple courses yeah. but yes, yes. <laughs> but um yeah. yes i loved having irene on to talk about the psalms because i knew she had this expertise yeah. of um this from this study is kind of where i discovered this but t- talk a little bit about you talked in the course a little bit about why it's important that poetry is part mm. of our bible our Bibles. And um, so I would love to hear you talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll enter the question by a side door. So yes. I work a lot with young adults mm-hmm. and young adults have so many questions. And one of the questions they love asking me is whether it's important to have chemistry in a marriage. So they would ask me questions like, well, you know, what if like I find just like a really solid Christian guy like what if I just marry him like even if I'm not like in love with him like would that work you know Uh and my answer to them is well I think chemistry as we call it is the attraction right is the attraction we feel towards someone or some thing or some place and 
And it's another word for chemistry is beauty, whether that person or that place or that thing is beautiful in our eyes. And so I think it's the same way with the Lord because the Lord is a person, right? And so we don't want to follow him just because he's like a solid God. (laughs) We We want to follow him because we want to have chemistry with God. We want we don't want to just know that God is good, but we want to taste and see that God is good. We don't want to just um, know that he loves us, but we want to feel his love and feel his, his embrace, even though he's an invisible God. But he's given to us the, the visible word through Jesus and also through scripture. And I think that learning to love the Psalms has been a journey of aligning my affections, aligning my feelings with truth. Because when we talk about loving God, it's not this abstract thing that we're supposed to just muster up in Mm -hmm. ourselves. But God has given us his truth and he wants us to align our feelings, our definition of beauty and goodness with his truth. And the Psalms and just all of the poetic books in general, for example, Proverbs or even Song of Songs. And um, and even the prophets are written in poetic form. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because the Lord knows that we need help in training divine chemistry mm-hmm. so that we not only know about his attributes, but we would learn to love his attributes, that we would be attracted to him, Mm -hmm. that it would not just be a duty to follow and obey, but it would be our delight. Mm -hmm. I've never heard anybody talk about just the chemistry that we should have. That's really, that's really nice. I love it. Yeah. Um, So tell us a few tips and tricks, because sometimes we get to the Hebrew poetry Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of times People will go to the Psalms in times of uh, despair or in times when they do want to show gratitude. But maybe like when it comes to studying it, we can get a little bit like, what does this mean? Especially there are some of those Psalms that start out like, I love you, Lord. And then it's like, please send dogs to tear apart my enemies. And you're like, what is going on here? Um, so if you <laughs> give us some a few like tips and tricks for reading and studying Hebrew poetry. <laughs> Elizabeth, I don't know which Bible you're reading. <laughs> <laughs> I I read through the Bible with um three college students for a year, or re- read through Psalms, I should say, in a year. And it never failed that the time that we were in the coffee shop, the Psalm that we were on was always one of the ones that's like, strike down my enemies. <laughs> and I was like, why can't we read the lovely, like, we give thanks to you, God, in the middle of the coffee shop instead of these like weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, there are some really scary ones too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think so. One of the ways we align um, our sense of beauty and love um, with the truth is by seeing the details, mm-hmm. and so so it's all in the details. And so, um, so some of the details that really drew me into the book of psalms that made me stand in awe of the book of psalms i think having a sense of awe 
is very helpful in having divine chemistry, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, so one of the first detail that I uh, that my professor pointed out is that the psalm is actually made of five books. And I said, what do you mean five books? And he just pointed to them. So it's like in the beginning, you will see book one. And then when you get to Psalm 42, you will see book two. <laughs> and then when you get to Psalm 73, you see book three. And and it goes on to, to make the five books of the Psalms. And so just in that very small detail, it speaks so loudly of God's goodness to us because God has given Moses five books, which we call the Pentateuch in the beginning of our Bible. And he speaks to us in five books in the very beginning. And now he's giving us five books to speak back to him because it's a relationship. God wants us to communicate with him. He wants to speak to us, but he also wants us to speak to him. And it is as though he treats us like his little babies, right? Like babies don't learn to talk in a vacuum, but babies learn to talk by listening to the parents talk. And so that's why my mom always told me, I never baby talk with you because I don't want you to grow up baby talking. And so I always talk to you as though you were an adult. (laughs) I'm not sure about that, but the I'm not saying that you should talk to babies like an adult, but I think God does give us the dignity of um, of being able to talk back to him or like just ha- have a conversation with him like we are having right now. And so, so there are five books in the psalm. That's one detail. Another detail is that if you notice, every single book ends with a doxology. Mm-hmm. And so if you go to the end of Psalm 41, for example, you will see that um, the psalmist would end each book. So Psalm 41, 72, 89, and 106 with a doxology. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting Amen and Amen. So there are four elements. There's the blessed and there's a name Yahweh from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and Amen. And you see this detail in at the end of every single book, except when you get to book five, you're like, where is the doxology? What happened to the end of book five? Why do I not see Blessed Yahweh from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. And that's when, again, I stand in awe. Because at the end of book five, there are not, there's not only one doxology, but there are five psalms that praise Yahweh. And we call these the hallelujah psalms. So 146, 147, 148, 149, and 150 are called the Hallelujah Psalms because, again, it's the number five, which is the the number for God speaking to us. And God wants us to praise Him with these five Hallelujah Psalms. And so, and it's just, the entire book of Psalms is just filled with all these details, mm-hmm. you know? And, and if you think about it, it's like 
It's one thing if a friend were to give us a present and we open it and we're like, oh, this is really nice. But it's another thing to open a present and to know that, wow, my friend have crafted this mm -hmm. herself or himself. And she put so much thought into this present. She put everything that I needed. She put in every circumstance that I could possibly, that she could possibly think of in this one present for me, that makes a present all the more special. And I think that's the exact same way with God's word. And especially in the book of Psalms, because he wove together this book, this story that spans from one to 150. And every single Psalm has its place. Every single Psalm follows one after another for a reason. There's no jot and no tittle that is wasted. And so because of all these details, and we're not even, we, we haven't even like gotten to the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah. This is like the tip of the tip, right? And and we're already standing in awe at how much um, God loves us. Mm -hmm. And he gives us the dignity of of understanding. You know, we're not some grasshoppers or worms mm -hmm. that that he had pity on but we were we're human beings created in the image of himself and he gives us the dignity to have a conversation with him that yeah. is so good i know i um so you taught on that a little bit in the, the academy course and even though like you said in our Bibles, it says book one, book two. Mm -hmm. I had never put together that there it's were five, five books, books and like yeah. the structure of them. And so it's been such a, it is such a beautiful thing that like each one yes. ends in a doxology and it's, it's cool to look for that and to know that as we read yeah. and how, um, I love that you talked about it's, uh, our way to speak back to God. And, then and I was just getting yeah. ready to say that because yeah. we, we talked to people about you know, mm -hmm. you take the Psalms, like the Psalms were given to us to give back to yeah, the Lord, to, read, to pray back to prayer. him. Mm -hmm. But I was going to do the ad for Life Women Academy. Like if, oh. you, if you're <laughs> listening to this, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking I want to go download the Old Testament course right now just yeah. because I want to hear Irene talk more about this yes. because this is fascinating. It is. It's which, so good. Yeah, which is a whole nother thing. We want to talk a little bit about one of the Hebrew terms that you talk about is hesed. And we... Even before we got on the podcast, we were like, okay, how do we say this right? And you didn't, and you didn't do that. I didn't know that. Chesed. Chesed. Yes. We okay. know we're probably butchering that. I if know. You speak I'm either. so sorry if that, yes. <laughs> so why don't we explain what Hesed is yeah. to our listeners and why is that important for us Especially to know that? with yes. gratitude. I think that, I forgot yes. to put this down here, but yeah. it's in the grateful study. You talk a lot about that I term. Okay. So yeah. That's good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So the word is. Chesed. <laughs> yes. Yes. Chesed. And so I actually named one of my children this word. This oh. is how much I love the word. And so um, the way that we did it in terms of naming our child is we put a K mm -hmm. in front of the H. So it's we spell it K-H-E-S-E-D, which, mm. which is chesed. And I think that's probably easier for an English-speaking culture to say. And so we love our child, Kessid. And when he was born, actually, we had a nurse in the um, NICU who was Jewish. And so she said, oh, that's a weird name. <laughs> 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 she 
we she got you know her share of weird names in uh in uh as a labor in the delivery yeah. nurse um, and then she asked Caesar, what does it mean and i said actually it's a hebrew word and she said well i speak hebrew and so and it, i was like oh no <laughs> what did i <laughs> and so and i said well i i I stuttered a bit because I had just given birth, but and I was feeling a little intimidated. <laughs> but I said that in the Hebrew Bible, um, it means steadfast love because that's how our ESV translated. Um, ESV mm-hmm. translated as steadfast love and CSB translated as faithful love and and some other translation translated as loving kindness. And so anyway, this this nurse was not convinced. And so she said, well, I speak Hebrew and the word for Hebrew, I mean, the word for love in Hebrew is ahav. And right away, I was like, oh no, (laughs) what did I do? Why did I name my child a weird name? (laughs) Um, But then I, I just responded and I said, well, in the Hebrew Bible, kesed means covenantal love so Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different from just the word for love which is ahav and and i didn't get into a theological conversation with her but i will with you right now (laughs) we're ready for (laughs) it Um, please do (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but um so in hebrew in the hebrew bible i mean hesed is an act so it's not a feeling but it's an action and so it is an act of faith based on an established promise. It is a fulfillment of a covenant. So chesed responds to an urgent need of those who receive it. So, for example, um, in, in the book of Joshua, so the two spies needed um, shelter. And so... Rahab showed them Hesed by saving their lives, mm-hmm. essentially, by hiding them in her home at a it, it was a very costly act. Um, it was an act of saving uh, she was saving their lives, and it was an extraordinary act of generosity on her part. So that is an example of Hesed. And in turn, they showed Hesed back to Rahab when Jericho fell and Rahab and her entire family became part of the people of God. And so, again, Hesed is God's life-giving, unchanging, saving love. And so he, he shows us Hesed, but he also calls us to show yeah. one another Hesed. Okay, so like we mentioned, um, you also taught for our Lifeway Women Academy course on the Old Testament, and you taught um, both Psalms and the wisdom literature. So tell us a little bit more about like what you taught um, and, yeah, just give us a little overview, a little teaser that you, other than what you've already given us because you've already given us a little teaser yeah. on the Psalms, but talk a little bit about what else you taught. So Elizabeth assigned for me the poetic books. It was the book of Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs. So again, I think that the poetic books were given to us in order 
to train our affections, in order to train our feelings to be aligned with the truth about who God is. And I learned so much just by learning ahead of you. I feel like I'm just learning a step ahead. Mm -hmm. And then I was then sharing all the things that I'm learning with the women um, at Lifeway. And so I think one of the biggest takeaway for me was I did not know how important the order of the books were. Like, so even like we, we're talking about the details of God's word and how that inspires love for his word. And, and so the thing that was astounding to me is that in the Hebrew Bible, the Lord has given us this order. And so, for example, um, in the Hebrew Bible, Ruth comes right after the book of Proverbs and and I never really understood why that would be because in our English Bible, Ruth comes after the book of Judges. But in the Hebrew Bible, when um, when it was put together, the book of Proverbs end with Proverbs 31, <laughs> which we all know as the Proverbs about the, you know, the wife that we can never be. <laughs> 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 or something like that. So in the ESV, for example, it's translated as the excellent wife. Mm-hmm. But um, when I looked carefully in 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 Hebrew, it's actually a little bit more general. I'm not saying the excellent an excellent wife is a bad translation. It's just a very specific translation. But if we were to take it more generally, it means a woman of valor, eshet. Hail. So Eshet means woman and Hail means mighty or valor. So David has his men of valor, which is Hail. And here we have a woman of valor. So a woman of valor who can find was how Proverbs ended. And it's really interesting because right after the book of Proverbs, which is not a poetic book, but it's the book of Ruth. Boaz calls Ruth a woman of valor. And at that point, Ruth wasn't a wife yet. She was a widow. And so she was a single person. I mean, a single woman. And so just little details like that. Again, it just inspires so much gratitude within me. to And, and it motivates me mm-hmm. to study God's word even more. Because I had no idea that even the order of scripture is so significant in in shaping our understanding and shaping our love for him. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, Irene, this is the Marked Podcast. And so we always like to end our podcast with the question, what has marked you um, in your walk with the Lord? So I love stories. And so I'll tell you a story about my own life. Um I think one thing about life-changing moments is that you don't know that they would be life-changing until right. <laughs> you look back and and they hit you with a ton of bricks because like, wow, I had no idea that that was going to be such a significant moment. And so for me, my mother's cancer when I was around, 
think I was around 17. I think she was diagnosed when I was 16. And so 16, 17, 18 was kind of marked by mm. her surgery and then her recovery. And I look back on those days with um, sorrow, but with also with a lot of gratitude, because it seems like that's the theme for our conversation today. Mm-hmm. I remember the house being really dark because my mom was sick. And so she used to be the person who switches on all the lights when it gets dark. And then when she was sick, like none of us knew how to switch on the lights, apparently. Mm. We would just be groping in the dark until like we can't see anything. And then finally someone would say, I think we should switch on the lights. <laughs> um, but I remember on my 18th birthday, um, she was having her third round of chemotherapy. And I just remember refusing to celebrate. And so so it was a very dark time because my mother would lock herself in the room and she wouldn't um, let us know that she was suffering so much. It's not until much later that we found out she was actually um, experiencing just the darkest moments of her life and that's the thing about being a hero right like we like to talk about the victories but so often Mm -hmm. before they arrive at the triumphs um they they have to suffer and so my mother suffered mostly alone and in her room during those years and my dad took care of us and i was the oldest of four girls so i did a little bit to help um but the one memory that I have that continues to mark me to, to, till today is um, at night, my mom would have her scarf. She would take off her scarf. And at the time, I don't think it was in vogue yet to shave your head. And so um, so she would have like these very fine, tiny baby hair Um that just looked really, really sad, you know? Like, my mom had a glorious full head of black hair before her chemotherapy. And during her chemotherapy, it was reduced down to, like, Schmiegel's mm-hmm. hair. And I just remember thinking, um, or, or being really, really sad about it. But my dad, every night, would just sit next to her with her Schmiegel head, and sh- he would just stroke her head. Mm. And he would say something like, well, I'm just trying to keep her warm. But I remember thinking, I think you love her. (laughs) (laughs) And that changed my perception of what marriage looks like. It changed my perception of what joy looked like, what God's will may look like. Um, And again, it was one of those significant moments in life um, where you don't know that it's going to change you forever until you look back. So so mm. that was one of the ways the Lord marked me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's so cool, not just because of how it marked you, but just also the thought that people, there's somebody watching us, you know, at most times and how we interact with each other. Mm. And just that how you watch this this small moment between your parents and maybe it was repeated over and over, but it just showed you, taught you so much. And he probably would have never thought this is teaching my daughter about how, about love. And, um, but he was doing it out of his love for 
his wife. And so that's that's a beautiful story. Yeah. And just how you tied it in with the gratitude mm-hmm. and um, that, you know, sometimes our gratefulness comes even in the midst of really yeah. difficult times. And that's when we recognize all the things that we are grateful for and what what God has done. And so we do want to encourage our listeners, you know, to go check out the Grateful Study. So you can go to lifeway.com slash grateful. We'll have links in the show notes that you can get that Bible study book and you can learn more about Irene. You can also, we'll have links in there about Lifeway Women Academy and, and the course that she taught. So we definitely want you to check those out as well. Irene, thank you so much for being a part of our podcast today. And listeners, thank you for joining us again this week. And we will see you back here next week. We are so excited this month to have a conversation. We've had conversations before on Mm -hmm. the Mark podcast about Operation Christmas Child. It is one of our favorite ministries, and we love getting to talk to recipients and people who work with Operation Christmas Child. And this year we are talking with Edouard, who is going to tell us some of his story and how it relates to Operation Christmas Child. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm going to start just... Before we really ask you the first question, can you tell us just a little bit about you? Uh, my name is Edouard Ndeki, like you said, and uh, I'm from Senegal, West Africa. Okay, and but you don't live in Senegal now? I don't live in Senegal. I live just close here with my accent, the southern accent. That's right, the <laughs> southern I live in, accent. I live in Alabama yeah, uh, yeah. now. Oh, that's great. So do you like fried chicken and like go to Chick-fil-A and all the Alabama things? I would say I love every. Are you a, are you a Roll Tide or a War Eagle? Have you cho- chosen? Uh, I don't know if I can say that here. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, it could be a little enemies. controversial because uh, yes. it's the first question they will ask you in Alabama. Really? Yes, my first year here, they told me I have to be Auburn or Alabama, yeah, and uh, the first person that hosts me is an Auburn fan. Oh. I have to be a yes. war ego. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. But, that makes sense. but I, I'm not going to say it here. Okay, yeah, we won't say <laughs> yeah. it here. Nobody yeah. knows that. No. Our thousands of listeners <laughs> out there do not know that. All right, well, we do want to ask you just, we're, each week we're going to just share a little bit of your story. And so Elizabeth and I will take turns just asking you a few questions. So um, we really want to talk a little bit about your father, how he was really marked and chosen by the Lord to be a pastor in Senegal. And where really the majority of people aren't Christians. So tell us a little bit about how that marked your life and, and set you up for having such a, a soft heart for the gospel. Wow. To, to talk about my dad is mm-hmm. something really emotional and uh, really powerful for me because, uh, like, the background of Senegal is 95% of non-Christian. Mm-hmm. And for God to look, that country and to pick my dad and to set up um, a mark in his heart mm. to be a pastor is an honor and a privilege for my family. But uh, I would say the only thing that will describe my dad is his faith and trust to the Lord. Because without that, I'm not thinking to be who I am today. Because uh, when I look at my dad, and I see how much he endure when he accepted Christ, his family reject him, and he immigrate to Senegal where he met my mom, mm. and uh, and today I'm here. Mm. 
But when I look his every time what he said, what he's doing, I'm just seeing the mark of God in his life. And uh, that is the, the thing that I will always put in my heart and remember forever. I love that. I love hearing about like the legacy of the faith throughout families. So mm-hmm. yes. thanks for sharing that with mm-hmm. us. Thank you. As you've heard from Edward, Operation Christmas Child delivers good news and great joy to children around the world through gift-filled shoeboxes. Shoebox gifts provide an opportunity to present the gospel to boys and girls in a clear, child-friendly way. And you can pack a shoebox too. Drop off your packed shoebox during the third week of November at one of their 4,500 drop-off locations across the country. Visit SamaritansPurse.org OCC for more information. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifeWayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.